Donald Duke show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. It's Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com. Hi, how are you? Are you ready for a... Are you ready for a beautiful day? Man, oh, Friday, it's so, it's so, it's so ready. It's so ready right now. It's I just, uh, I'm going to, I'm sure I'll repeat myself, but I mean, I got a full day's worth of work to do after the show today, and I'm already ready for the weekend right now. I mean, this is a short week for me too, which is the worst. You're like, oh man, short week, it'll be great. And, and by Friday, I'm like, oh no, no, no. I just want to, oh, oh. So welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us this morning. We have got um, some headlines that we're going to dive into today, <clears throat> and uh, some of the 2A headlines from around the country and around the world, actually, uh, as well. Uh, so that should be, uh, that should be fun uh, to discuss. And we're also going to uh, do a little bit of uh, Q&A. Uh, gun Q&A, where there's no such thing as a dumb gun question. We'll invite you as callers to call in and sound off. You know, a couple things I would like to, I mean, yesterday I, I attempted to do the whole new caller Thursday kind of thing. Um, and we got a couple new callers that I'd never heard before, which is always nice. But on Firearms Friday, I mean, this show is not really about, um, this show is really not about people who are already members of the uh, gun culture. Um, it, uh, it really is for people who are ambivalent towards guns or who are kind of, uh, you know, a little bit positive, what we like to call <clears throat> gun curious. And so we'll be doing that. Um, we'll be doing that as well. And, um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm super looking uh, to, uh, looking forward to this. So this is the opportunity, If so if you've never called into the show before and you're kind of, you know, maybe you're just a little bit gun curious or you're not totally fully into guns or maybe you're just a little bit, maybe you're concerned about guns. You know, you're not pro-gun, you're not anti-gun, but you've seen some of the things, you've, you've heard some of the arguments and you're just, you're not convinced one way or the other, then that's what we're about here today. Um, you know, I'd like to, I'd love to have a conversation with you, especially somebody who's just not, you know, if you're rabidly anti-gun, you're probably not listening to this program, right? But if you're kind, if you've heard some of the arguments and you're like, well, that sounds reasonable, 
You know, if, if you've heard some of the anti-gun arguments and you're like, well, that, you know, I, I do want to be safe and I do want my children to be safe. And, you know, so call in and, and let's have a conversation about it. <clears throat> and uh, we'll open up the phone lines. Uh, the Pivotel call-in line at 907-433-3150 if you'd like to... Uh, if you'd like to call in and be part of it this morning, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, so it's going to be uh, gun Q&A all day kind of thing uh, as we go through. Uh, we're also going to do that. Take your phone calls. Uh, but we're going to do something a little lighter today because, um, you know, I, I sometimes you got to sometimes you got to lighten things up a little bit. So this morning we're going to be talking about. Uh, throughout the show, and this will also be part of the, hey, we'll take your phone calls on this, the um, your favorite movies that include uh, gun-fu, right? Your favorite gun-fu movies. And you might ask yourself, what the heck is gun-fu? Well, that's, you know, it's a term that's been around for a while, but it's a term used to describe, you know, choreographed moves in action movies. Uh, a style of the sophisticated close quarters gunplay seen in some action movies and in some Western films. It's kind of like a mixture of uh, martial arts and guns, right? And so this is kind of the best. <clears throat> it's like guns and kung fu combined, so it's gun fu. And so, you know, we're going to talk about some of the best use of guns, some of my favorite movies that include various guns and firearms, some of the, what you know, what I consider to be some of the more realistic discussions on that. And so I'm going to have a list of some of the guns that I, or some of the movies that I believe are some of the best gun movies, some of the best gun foo movies. And we'll see what uh, you say as well. How about that? How about that? We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. And uh, that'll just kind of be our fun discussion for the day. And we'll get started there. Uh, also, of course, as I mentioned, we got plenty of, uh, we got plenty of, uh, um, other headlines and things that we're going to jump into as well. But since I uh, opened up the phone lines and invited you guys to participate, uh, we've got some calls already this morning. Oh man, it might be a nice fun morning to, uh, get a chance to chat with you. So let's get started, shall we? Uh, 433-3150, 907-433-3150. We start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Brady from Las Vegas. Hello, Brady. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fine yourself, Michael. Good. good. It's Friday. Everything's, you know, any day above ground is a good day. And it's Friday on top of it. That's a pretty good day. Yeah, it's about 75 here right now in Vegas at 7 in the morning. It's going to be about almost 90 today. Go figure. <laughs> hey, um, but my favorite movie, uh, my favorite gun uh, in gun movie I always like because I'm a big fan of the Russian firearms. I've been collecting Russian firearms and old military guns for about 30 years now. And I used to be able to get these guns for about 80 bucks. They're the Mosin Nagant M9130, the 7.62x54R caliber. Right. And Enemy of the Gate is great. And, you know, what I'd like to see, instead of arming all the grannies in Ukraine with AK-47s, I'd like to arm all of Vlad's citizens with the Mosin Nagant. 
The Mosin Nagant is a classic weapon, and like you said, you used to be able to pick them up for like 80 bucks a piece. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Enemy at the Gate is the, uh, is the siege of, uh, of Stalingrad or Leningrad, whichever you prefer to call it. And, uh, that movie really shows mm-hmm. some amazing, uh, shows some of the amazing resilience of people who are, you know, being attacked in their hometowns and everything else. It is a fantastic movie. And yeah, Mosins are, uh, are, you know, they're, they're kind of, and they can be hyped up. I mean, these days I know that there's several different companies, including Archangel that put together like super nice platforms for, you know, for, uh, sniper stocks and all different mm-hmm. kinds of things. And, uh, and as far as ammo yeah. goes, seven, six, two by 59 R is pretty darn cheap overall. And, uh, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a win-win. It's definitely a gun that, uh, that, uh, is a good way. It's a good entry level gun, even in today's, I don't know what they're worth today. I think a couple hundred bucks is a couple, 300 bucks. No, is, no. What, what, are the, what are they? 600, 600, 600, 600. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm getting 600 to 700 for the guns that I put on the market right now. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, so uh, my, that, my SV, the SVT 40, uh, the SVT 40, 1941 model, that's the semi-automatic version of the seven, six, two by five, four. Uh-huh. That gun's gone up to four thousand. Four thousand. Well, um, that's how much it's gone up. <laughs> somebody, somebody could have made a boatload of money because you again, you could have buy you could buy most Mosins for uh, you know eighty nine dollars. I think by the crate, uh, you know, for five, whatever it was, mm-hmm. I think it was five to a crate or whatever. So for less than five hundred bucks, you could get five rifles, and if you just stacked them and racked them, you'd be making some money today for sure. That of course, hindsight is twenty yeah. twenty oh, yeah. and all that, but. One, one quick thing, you know, I, I mentioned, I think, the last time on your show of, about the Azov Battalion and Zelensky, and I researched this group since, God, they've been on a world terrorist, terrorist list for almost 40 or 50 years now, and all of a sudden NATO and the U.S. are supplying arms to the Nazi Azov Battalion, and it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be stand with Ukraine. I don't stand with any Nazi. My grandfather has fought in World War II to get rid of these idiots. And now we're fighting the Azov Battalion again, and they're the good guys? Come on, people. All right. Well, Brady, thanks uh, for calling in this morning. I appreciate you uh, sounding off and giving us your thoughts and hitting us with your favorite. Enemy at the Gate, definitely one of the uh, definitely one of the top firearms movies, I think, uh, of, uh, oh, I mean, really quite any, even like Saving Private Ryan, The Big Red One, those are all good. You know, a lot of the war movies are... Uh, um, uh, you know, are definitely a plus. Uh, speaking of most of the gods, I think what was interesting is that there was an article somewhere. Where was I reading it yesterday, day before? Um, I just caught it in in the flash on the side that the most of the gods were being used. Um, they were showing pictures of uh, soldiers. I mean, actual infantry soldiers who were using them as well. Which uh, I found interesting that sometimes the oldies but go the oldies but goodies are uh, are still out there as well. Let's uh, go over to the phones and continue here this morning with another caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, good morning, Mister Dukes. This is Mike calling down here from Savage, Montana. I'm getting ready to fly home to Fairbanks, and I wanted your opinion, Mike. I want to buy. I found a a semi-auto. G-Force 12 gauge clip set and it is a beautiful firearm it's light it looks AR-15 style and I was just wondering what your do you know anything about that Mike or is that a 
is that a reliable gun? Should should I buy an, a semi-auto 12 gauge, or are they prone to jamming? Um, and I was just curious. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there are many uh, there are many semi-auto 12 gauges out there. Probably the tip top. Uh, you know, as far as new production and newer style is probably going to be the Benelli. Uh, the Benelli uh, has, mm-hmm. they've got a really good reputation, but of course, along with that, they've got a pretty high price tag. I'm not familiar with the uh, G-Force um, 12 gauge semi-auto. Um, I see that uh, it's, um, you know, I, I see that there's a lot of folks out there that have had it, but, you know, Benelli, Winchester, um, they're really good. If you're getting a good deal on the semi-auto, uh, then yeah, for an inexpensive semi-auto probably wouldn't be too bad. Um, if you've got money, you could always go for the Belgian A5 Browning style, you know, the, the Browning A5, uh, uh semi-auto, but, uh, yeah, there, there right. are, there are some really good, uh, there are some really good semi-auto shotguns out there that do a, a great job. Okay. All right, Mike. Yeah. Well, you know, I was gonna give part trade for for another firearm I have trade in cash, but I was just curious because uh, I'm flying out here in a few days back to Fairbanks, and I just wanted to know if I should get this before I head up there. But uh, thank you, Mike. Oh, and and you could sure tell the frustration in Brady's voice. Uh, we have so many problems here at home, and uh, it's just I think it's terrible we're spending all this money over over there when we have. Our country is on fire here down at the southern border. They're having so many problems down here, Mike. But anyway, uh, I digress, but I'll let you go, Mike. Thanks for your excellent show, best show in the world on Friday. Well, I appreciate that. Just so you know, I don't know what you're going to trade for that shotgun, but um, CDNN has got uh, G-Force 12-gauge uh, auto, so, you know, auto, semi-auto shotguns. Um, they've got them up for 199 bucks. Uh, so I don't know what you were planning on trading, oh, but, but the retail, wow. the retail value on them is only $330. So, uh, I mean, that's the, that's the printed retail MSRP, you know, de- of course your mileage may vary depending on, um, depending on, uh, you know, what the, what the market will bear, but I don't know as I would spend a whole lot of money on, uh, on anything beyond the MSRP on that for sure. So full MSRP three. Oh, you know what? I, th- I, I think I'll wait then. I'll do a little more research. I think I'll wait and I'll buy it back home. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you calling in and joining us this morning. Good to hear from you. You got it. Have a safe, uh, have a safe trip home. All right. We're up against the break. We've got more coming up. We're going to continue here in just a moment. Uh, it is Firearms Friday. We've got open, uh, open line, open forum. It's uh, you know gun Q and A all day, and uh, we're going to continue, including our best and favorite gun fu movies. Brady's already hit us with his which is Enemies at the Gate. I've got a few. I mean, when you say favorite, I can't pick just one. So we'll continue to talk about that here throughout the show this morning as well. We'll continue back with more The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
Okay, in the break right now, we got one line on hold. We're going to get their name here in just a hot second. Um, and, uh, you know, look, Brady's got his opinion. Uh, I think he's wrong, uh, personally. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the Wagner Group, which is a group of former Russian Spetsnaz and uh, some criminals and uh, some other things. I don't know if you've been following this uh, as well. There's, there's a look, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Uh, I don't think that you can I don't think that you can realistically look at this and say, oh, yeah, Nazis infiltrated the Ukraine. They've been there the whole time led by a Jewish president, you know, that he he's a Nazi. He's a Jewish president who's a Nazi. I again, we talked about this a bit last week, but I mean, I just think some of the there's some crazy stuff going on out there. People who are going on telling me about how Russia is going to save us from the new world order. Uh, I don't know if you've seen what's going on in Russia or if you've been paying attention to what's going on in Russia since the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, there was a brief period there where they were probably one of the freer nations on the face of the earth. Uh, but then uh, they got cracked down on again and now it's an authoritarian regime again. I mean, look at what happens to people who oppose, publicly opposed uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, you know, they mysteriously disappear. They get poisoned. Uh, when they leave the country because they just, they're just they not going to fight it anymore, uh, they get, uh, you know, they get the polonium-210 when they're somewhere else, right? Navalny, the uh, guy who has been one of them, he just got sentenced to 10 years in prison or something. I mean, again, to hold up Russia is like, these guys are our saviors from the new world. No. It's not how it happens. It's just not how it goes, folks. I'm sorry. You're wrong. I just, you know, that's I can't I can't say it any other way. I'm sorry you're wrong. Um, anyway, uh, but I appreciate his uh, input on the whole enemy at the gate thing. What a I mean, great movie. I haven't seen that one in years. I should go back and rewatch that. Um all right. Uh let's get the uh, next caller's uh, info here so we can rejoin the radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, my friend. You hold the line, and you will be first up in the queue when we return to the radio. That'll be that'll be fun stuff. Uh, let's see. Turkish shotguns are all the rage, says Sean. I mean, yeah. There's there was a lot of uh, Turkish Turkish uh, 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 Turkish shotguns out there that are going on. Um, yeah, Crimson says Crimson on Twitch goes go Google protest videos if you want to see what happens in Russia. It's basically North Korea. I mean that's the thing. And and you know a lot of the people who were because Trump admired Putin in so many ways because they're both authoritarians. I mean whether you like it or not, that's really the attitude that uh, Trump has had as well. And he he publicly admired Putin in so many ways. You got a lot of people who were like, oh yeah, well he must be the you know, he's a strong man. That's what he is. He's a strong man, authoritarian. And uh, it's, it, man, this is, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, what's the saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it's always easier to fix someone else's problem than to fix your own. That's true, too. We don't want to look inside. Although there is some good news coming out of some of these stories. <laughs> Um, from Ukraine and everything else. And it has changed people's perspective a bit, which I think is good. But yeah, so much Russian disinformation floating around out there. Um, our current administration is looking pretty authoritarian itself. So there's that. It, it does. I mean, the, the presidency has become more authoritarian over the last 15 years. 
Uh, luckily, we still have some checks and balances in place that hold some of that in check. But it has become more and more where presidents are ruling through edict and, and executive order and everything like that. Uh, I mean, that's the nature of government, right? That's the nature of government. And that's the nature of, of uh, well, it's, it's sociopathy. Sociopathy. Sociopaths. Okay, that's what I mean. That's what they look for. They want to control everything. That's how it goes. And most politicians are sociopaths. Most of them are, period, at almost every level. Um, just go read Doug Casey's arguments on that, and you'll be convinced I was 15 years ago that that was definitely what's going on. All right, we're uh, coming up on the break. We're going to continue. Ron is on hold, and we're going to uh, take some calls, headlines, favorite gun fu movies, the whole deal. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. It is Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature. The the call-in lines are open at 907-433-3150, powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. Feel free to uh, dial us up this morning, as Ron did. Ron calling up this morning to talk with us about, uh, I don't know, something gun-happy. So let's jump over there right now and see what he says. Good morning, my friend. What's on your mind? Well, you're talking about the uh, gun flu movies, and uh, I take a slightly different tack on that. Uh, I kind of like uh, some of the lines as opposed to the action itself. And two that come to mind are, uh, one is from uh, a Spaghetti Western, I suppose the original Spaghetti Western for a few dollars more. Right. Where Eastwood says to the old the old carpenter, make that for my mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot and, about that. Yeah, and 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 the other is uh, the perp in the diner says to Eastwood, uh, "What do you mean, we you pig-eared sucker?" And Eastwood says, "Me and Smith and Wesson." Yeah, no, no. I mean, really, you know, as far as uh, as far as gun movies go, you know, some of the oldies are still goodies. And you know, when people think gun food today, they think again, kind of the the cinemagraphic, you know, the Matrix and and some of these other ones, you know, the the ballet of the gun kind of thing. But there are some older movies, you know. Probably one of the most iconic is, uh, you know, heart is uh, uh, is Dirty Harry, right? I mean, there, there's 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 some gunplay in it. It may not be as realistic, but there are some iconic moments, you know. When here's Dirty Harry got the guy on the ground, and you know, and and you're like, did you know, did I did I did I shoot five or did I shoot six? Do you feel five lucky, right? Yeah. Do you feel lucky, punk? Dirty I mean, punk? yeah. I mean, those are some those are some oh. amazing. Amazing, you know, yep. those are some amazing shots, and uh, and so yeah, absolutely. It it could be it could be the beautiful cinema of the gun, like the cinematography or the choreography, or it could be just those iconic moments where you're looking down the barrel and and uh, you know you're like woof, yeah, that that gets your attention. So uh, it's well, anyway. if you go all the way back to the original uh, the original movie, Dirty Harry. 
uh, think about the beginning, the red background and the Model 29. Yeah, yeah. Which is the most powerful handgun in the world. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the most powerful handgun in the world. Until it wasn't, of course. But, you know, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, definitely some interesting movies. I'm going to throw out a few of mine here in a bit, but I want to hear what everybody else is, uh, All right. is going on. So thank you, Ron. I, I look forward to it. Thank you for right, thanks for calling in, and I'm proud. I may bo- I may pull some movies out of the wayback machine that you may not be aware of that are uh, some good ones. But let's I, I I let's get to some headlines first. Uh, feel free to call in and interrupt me if you'd like. This morning, uh, you can call in and you could share with us your favorite uh, gun movies or gun foo movies. Either one, gun movies or gun foo movies. Uh, there are a few that uh, that that definitely bear repeating for sure. Um, <clears throat> so interesting things are happening. Uh, I got to wait a second. I got to pull these two stories together because they they are interrelated. So I'm I'm looking at. So there's some good news, uh, good news and bad news, right? Good news and bad news on the horizon. Want of the want want of the more interesting um, uh, pieces out there is the fact that there are some strides being made towards making people safer without interfering or um, infringing on their right to keep and bear arms. Uh, Most recently in Arizona. Uh, Arizona, there's a bill now that seeks to take a step towards making students safer. I mean, we used to teach gun safety in this country. I mean, we used to have rifle teams, right? For high schoolers and things like that. And we didn't have nearly the instant, the instances of negligent discharges, uh, it seems. And, and again, maybe it's a sign of the times that now we're all interconnected and I could see what happens in Florida 20 seconds after it happens. Maybe it's an instant of that. But it seems that, you know, when you were growing up, you had a little bit more respect for some of these things and firearms and things like that. Um, but there's a new Republican bill that would require a NRA gun safety course for Arizona middle and high school students. Um, It would require all Arizona schools to teach students about firearm safety at least once between sixth grade and graduation at the end of high school. Now it doesn't put guns in student hands. That's not what the, um, that's not what the gun safety courses do, but they do teach students, um, you know, what happens if they happen to stumble across uh, you know, a, a gun uh, and teaches them the basic premises of firearm safety. And and I think that's important. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, you know, as we were, as Terry and I uh, grew our family and our family started and everything else. And of course, you know, we, uh, you know, guns everywhere, right, in my house. And um, I remember, you know, getting that first Eddie Eagle video which is for younger children, not middle and high school students, but is really for children who are in the, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 range. And uh, that video was amazing. And my kids would, you know, they'd watch it every now and then, or I'd put it in for them every now and then. And it would remind them, you know, stop, don't touch, run away, tell an adult. And that is some good stuff. Um, for, you know, for the younger kids. And I think this is a step in the positive direction. Just teaching kids about gun safety doesn't even require them to have a firearm. It's not like you're bringing guns into the classroom to show them firearm safety. It could just simply be instructional videos. Uh, it could simply be, you know, the, 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 the four firearms rules. I don't know exactly what the NRA gun safety course 
uh, for high schoolers would entail. But I think it's a positive step. You know, instead of shrouding them in mystery, instead of, you know, giving the kids love the 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 taboo. Right. Uh, they, they kids are always more tempted by something that is verboten. The, you know, that, that's how it always is. Oh, I shouldn't have that. Well, I want to go try it. And I always believed that that was important. If my kids wanted to see a gun or talk about a gun or touch a gun or find out more about how it works or take it apart or go shooting, we did it. We did that. I wanted to demystify it. I wanted it to make it not, you know, the, the taboo because, oh, hey, maybe I want to do it. If everybody says that I shouldn't, then maybe I want to. So I think this is a positive step. I think that there should be gun safety courses taught in all schools. Um, you know, and even for parents who are anti-gun, you know, the chances of your kid, you know, wandering across a gun at some point in their life is it's there, right? It happens. How many times have you heard about one kid going to another kid's house and getting shot with a gun that wasn't loaded because they were messing around with it? Right? Oh, this gun's not loaded. Don't worry. Bam. Little Johnny's dead. I mean, that just teaching them about that would make that a lot easier. So anyway, there are some good things. So it's moving forward in, in Arizona, and it is uh, it's uh, just one vote away from the governor's desk in Arizona. And I, I'm, I'm excited to watch what happens with that. I'm excited to watch and see what happens with that as well. On the other side, we've still got some bad stuff that's happening. Uh, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington state, has now signed a bill banning the sale or the purchase of what they call High-capacity magazines. This is what we call standard-capacity magazines, right? Because these are the magazines that this, these guns have come with for years. Um, and in a signing ceremony, he featured a number of gun control supporters, including members of Moms Demand Action, but the general public wasn't allowed to attend. And in fact, the state capitol building was closed to the public for several hours before and after the bill signing so that no protest could happen around that. I mean, that, that it just, it, anyway, I don't think this is going to really hold up. The bill, uh, the, the bill signed into law doesn't do anything about high capacity, which is they're saying anything over 10 rounds is a high capacity magazine, which we know is it's, you know, standard capacity magazines for a lot of pistols is like 14 or 15 rounds. Standard capacity magazines for like like an AR rifle or an AK is 30 rounds. That's just that's a standard. That's just what it is. Um, the new law doesn't bar the possession of any magazines that were purchased before the ban took effect. And trust me, there was a gold rush of purchases of standard capacity magazines going into Washington state in the last few weeks prior to this going into law. So this is really going to change Nothing, because those those magazines will still be in possession. And there's already been uh, there's already been indications that Alan Gottlieb in the Second Amendment Foundation has already said that they're going to be filing a lawsuit over it and several other organizations as well. We've seen that the Ninth Circuit um, and uh, the California Supreme Court at one point has said that the 30 the 30 round magazine is in common use and it can't be and it's illegal for them to to do it, which was then 
that was an en banc panel of the Ninth Circuit, and then it was overturned by a full circuit thing. And this is going to the Supreme Court, okay? Because remember, the Supreme Court has already said that arms that are in common use for lawful purposes are protected by the Second Amendment. And when you look at the fact that there are over, well, a hundred million, a hundred million, easily a hundred million standard capacity magazines uh, in the country, um, then you know, it's it's going to be shot down. And again, it doesn't really matter. The Virginia Tech shooter used nothing but smaller capacity magazines. He had all low capacity. I don't think there was a single magazine he had that had more than 15 rounds in it. And they, it, it just doesn't matter. It just it's not going to make an appreciable difference. And that was really the argument that the judge in California found was that this argument that the state of California was making over the uh, that that higher capacity made the crimes more dangerous and they could not prove it. And the judge says, you've not made an argument for us to squash the rights of law abiding citizens. Uh, You haven't made a compelling argument to say that that works. But Washington State, man, those folks, they just love to uh, write new gun control laws. And that's what they're doing right now. It's it's some crazy stuff. But um, we're getting to see more and more um, positives coming out. And Ukraine, I think, has pushed some of this. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, as well. But uh, we're seeing more and more support for the Second Amendment. We're seeing a continual erosion of support for President Biden, for his uh, for his flunkies and for gun control in general. And I think that that is a good thing. Uh, so we're going to we're going to continue to talk about that. And we will cover more on the other side of this brief commercial break. How about that? We got uh we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go. We'll be right back. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Make sure you come out and join us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show. Make sure that if you miss anything, if you subscribe to the podcast, it'll automatically download to your mobile device. So go to Castbox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, and of course Spotify. And uh, we'll load that up every morning, and you can get your dose of Common Sense Radio right there. Back with more right after this. It is Firearms Friday. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, In the break right now, getting things ready for the next segment. Let me uh, let me kill this. I read that one and I read that one. I'm, my my whole thing is full of windows right now that I'm trying to I want to make sure that I keep everything rolling smoothly. Uh, let me get uh, let me get joined in by. Oh, let me do this right here. Uh, OK. Now we got everybody uh, in the chat room and we got the window up. We're all good. Okay, uh, let's uh, go over the phones. We got one call on hold. We'll get their name and where they're calling from to uh, proceed here. 
Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm a gunsmith out of Delta Junction, Alaska. Okay, Mark in Delta. Uh, hold the line, Mark, and you will be number one with a bullet when we return to the radio, and uh, we'll get to see what you have to say uh, this morning. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear it. So thank you for calling in. Hold the line briefly. We'll be back to you here in just a, just a, a few minutes. Okay, uh, and we'll get uh, we'll get started on this. Um. Let's see. Uh, uh, okay. All right. I've done it. I've done it. I've read all that. Okay. So let me go back in the chat now. Uh, total idiots are general author are generally authoritarian. That's not. You're not wrong. Sandy says Putin is out for the new world order, but that's because he needs to overcome it to resurrect Mother Russia. He wants to take their place. They're all going down. We will see what happens. By the way, China will eventually go down too. I mean, yeah, I hope so. I think one of the biggest shocking things that you've seen out of this whole conflict is that Russia is not nearly the boogeyman that everybody in in Europe and in the West in the West assumed that they were. I think that they've shown that that they that their hand was weaker than everybody anticipated, and I think that's a good thing. Um. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to put some uh, constraints on it. Uh, Jill says, that's why it's important to have limits and constraints on government, balances everything, and we're currently out of balance, beginning to wobble. It bang like an unbalanced washing machine. Time to call the repairman and fix the problems or get a new washer. Uh, okay. Uh, um, Sean's watching The Winter War. Uh, 1989 Finnish war film directed by Pekka Parika, based on the novel Talvisoda by Antui Turi. Huh. Tells the story of the Soviet invasion of Finland. I'm, yeah, that sounds interesting. Let me know how it is. That's kind of uh, interesting stuff. Um, North Pole rifle team practice in the halls in the winter. Ironic. No gun-free zone there. Yeah. No, I mean, they... Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy what used to happen. All right. The Washington state government is infiltrated by crazy people, says Sean. Uh, then again, Juno is overrun by the pirates that do nothing. We are the pirates who don't do anything. Um, Western Washington was losing its mind even then, says what uh, Terry says. That's why they left 17 years ago. I can guarantee you Eastern Washington will ignore idiot Inslee. MMDJ1. Um, that's, uh, that is MMDJ1. Why is that familiar? Um... I don't know why that, I don't know why that's familiar. MMDJ. Um, all right. Well, you go ahead and tell me what that means, Brian, because apparently I have not had nearly enough coffee today to be able to, uh, uh, to decipher that. Uh, they still do this day practice there, said Jimmy. Oh, they're still doing rifle team practice? Oh, major Metro Delta Junction. <laughs> Okay. I get it. I get it. All right. Um, all right. Well, do me a favor, guys, William. Uh, we're sitting here talking. I'm dissecting and mumbling and, and running around. 
looking for more coffee or Monster or whatever it is that I'm looking for, would you share the show? Would you share the show with your friends? Would you share it with the public? Would you like and share the the video from Facebook and from YouTube? And would you like and follow the show page? Um, Like and follow the show page on Facebook and subscribe and ring the bell on uh, on YouTube and on Twitch. If you want to follow on Twitch, you can. I want to hear what Mark has to say as well. We are less than 60 seconds away from returning to the radio. So we're going to hear from Mark here in just a hot second. So don't go anywhere. <clears throat> all right. All ready. Uh, let's, uh, let's get this thing ready to rock and roll. Uh, don't forget coming up next weekend at the Carlson center. It is the uh, outdoor show for the first time in two years. Now they're going to have the outdoor show, of course, which also includes the interior Alaska gun show going on. So I will be up there for that. So I hope you guys come out and see me and say hi for that as well. All right, here we go. Jumping back in, Mark is up in the queue as our first guest. Let's do it. Okay, we're continuing ahead here on this first hour of uh, of uh, Firearms Friday. We're taking calls on your favorite gun foo movies or gun movies. We're taking calls and questions and Q&A. Mark is uh, in Delta Junction. He's a gunsmith out there. He wanted to call in and share with us some ideas. Mark, what's on your mind this morning? Well, uh, Mark, I wanted to bring up three things real quick. Uh, okay. First off, I got a notice from ATF this morning. Um, talking about rare breed triggers. Um, they're a forced reset trigger, and they have now been, quote-unquote, outlawed. They're now being considered an automatic uh, uh, weapon if you have them in a firearm, um, which is not really true. But I just kind of wanted to bring that up for anybody that had those type of triggers to be warned about that, that that's coming down the line. Yeah, no, that's actually one of the stories that I was going to go over today because um, when that first came out, uh, everybody was like, what's going on? And now the ATF has actually pulled that back down off their Twitter site and they pulled the letter back as well because, I mean, how you could describe a, a forced reset trigger as a machine gun, it actually is supposed to perform the opposite. I mean, it forces you to reset, right? You have to reset to be able to fire again. And so... I, I don't know what's what's going on with that, but it, it's already making the rounds out there for sure. Yeah, and it's just ATF overstepping their boundaries as usual. Um, the second point I wanted to bring up, and like you said, uh, you know, home training for the kids. Uh, at a very early age, I started by uh, kids both at uh, handling firearms and basic training with them. And the rule in the house was, as you could see the firearm, touch the firearm, play with it anytime you wanted, uh, as long as, you know, myself or mom was around. And one day that actually came true. There was a boy that come over with my son and there was a gun out. Granted, it was unloaded, but uh, he wanted to pick it up and play with it. And my son said, hey, wait a minute, let's go get dad. And so I came there and, you know, the, the child was just like, oh, my God, he's actually going to let me touch it. And then there was an opportunity there to train that child about gun safety. Um, right, his right. mother didn't like that, but my point to his mother was is that, you know, either I could have been there and taken care of the problem or, you know, might have had a dead child. 
Right, exactly. And it's not like living in, you usually, usually living in Alaska, it's not like if unless you're going to put the kid in a box and not allow him to leave your home, that he's probably not going to end up in somebody else's home where a gun might be present. You need to know the rules of that. Whether you support firearms or not, you need to know the rules. Correct. So, and another point I wanted to bring up, uh, like I said earlier, I am a gunsmith in Delta. You know, I, I want to tell people if they're going to buy firearms, you know, stay away from the big stores. You know, go to your local dealers for two reasons. One, you know, you're helping out the local community and you're keeping the money in the local community. But number two, you know, most of these locals will not only show you how to disassemble and reassemble your firearm and clean it, but they'll teach you how to use it, the basics. So if you're unfamiliar with the firearm and you're purchasing it, at least you have an idea of how to clean it and how to use it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I always would go, before I would go anywhere else, I don't think I've ever bought a gun from a big box store. I know that sometimes they get the best deals. I know sometimes they may be able to get things or have things immediately in stock that some of the smaller dealers don't. But I full, it's that's one of the real things where I believe fully in, in the mom and pops. Because, I mean, they're the ones that are out there that are going to be here that will be making decisions on the local level instead of some, you know, big office back in back east somewhere or in the case of some of these box stores in some other country making a decision about whether to carry a firearm based on public perception. And uh, and I fully believe that you should be supporting your local gunsmith, your local gun store. Um, you know, that's why, you know, in Fairbanks, we got Frontier Outfitters. They're the ones that have been sponsoring Firearms Friday in Fairbanks for years because they fully believe that. And that's where I would go to get a gun. Again, just a small gun counter with a bunch of guys who do want to do nothing more than help you out and help you learn and welcome you to the gun culture. Yes, and I totally support them guys there. Uh, I've dealt with them before, and they're very professional. Yeah. So uh, I'll leave you with this last little fact. Uh, John Wick movies for your gung fu. I know those are kind of new movies, and, you know, to the the point they're almost unbelievable at times, but there is a lot of neat moves in those films that, you know, I think would kind of touch on that – that genre for you well i gotta say john wick movies are really at the top of my list for a couple reasons first of all they don't have the endless magazines right i mean he real they show him having to reload they show you you know having to you know malfunctions and uh, and other things and the other thing that i love about it is that keanu reeves went through real three gun training uh and you could see it you you there are videos of him on youtube running three gun courses and everything else it's something that he really enjoys personally but and you could see that come through on his proficiency with those firearms it is really one of probably the most true to life uh as far as the actual movements the usage of guns and everything else it's pretty amazing stuff and and this and the choreography of it it, while it is is like a ballet, it's like a ballet of violence. It's uh, it's pretty good. It is one of my favorite movies of all time for sure. It is. So, Mike, I just want to say thank you for not only supporting the firearms, but also for all the work you do for us and getting the word out for common sense. Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you so much for calling in this morning, and thanks for sharing your thoughts as well. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, so Jimmy in the chat room says, John Wick, after the first 30 dudes killed, I kind of, I kind of was kind of done. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, there's definitely some, 
some non-realistic things in that, but I will say that the actual gun use and the mechanics of the guns was uh, is definitely um, uh, is definitely a great uh, a great uh, uh, movie. It it hits the top of my list. It's probably it's probably close to the number one, my number one, um, uh, you know, gun foo movie for sure. Um, although I will say that, um, uh, you know, one of the movies that probably would surprise you, um, is that, uh, one is, is a movie that I don't even know if it really made any of the big lists, but it's a movie called Collateral, um, which was a movie that was made by director Michael Mann, uh, back in 2004, and it features uh, Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, and it is a really good movie uh, about a hitman who takes a he basically takes a cabbie hostage, um, and uh, as a as this uh, contract killer is making his rounds through Los Angeles one night, making a bunch of hits. And uh, Tom Cruise is the hitman, and there again was some really realistic gunplay in that uh, in that movie, and it was probably one of the first movies that I saw that really featured uh, some real true to life CQB right up in your face kind of uh, gunplay, and uh, and that was a movie that I've watched several times that I I really like that as well. Um, so it's. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a good it's a good thing, for sure. Gary in the chat room says everyone who works at the large stores in Fairbanks lives here, just as the same as those in Frontier, just like Lowe's and Home Depot that hire blah 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 blah. I'm not saying that people who work at those stores are not Fairbanksans or not locals in any community that they happen to reside in. My point was is that some of the big box stores can make decisions at the corporate level. That are, you know, they have nothing to do with Fairbanks themselves, has nothing to do with Alaska. Again, could be from a completely different state, could be from a completely different country, making decisions on what they should carry or what they will allow their employees to sell based on a public pressure, public input, things like that. And those decisions in the smaller stores, in the mom and pops, in the locally owned stores, is is different. That's why I support those. I, I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about the box stores. I'm just saying I choose to spend my money with the locals, the locally owned stores. There are locals working at all the stores, but the locally owned stores, because they are more responsive uh, and they uh, won't bow to pressure from some East Coast group uh, or some protest or mom's demand action or something else like that. That's why I choose to spend my money in the locally owned stores, the mom and pops, the, you know, the Alaska guns and ammos and the frontier outfitters and these smaller, you know, Morgan's house of guns or some of these, some of the smaller ones, because they will not bow to pressure from some corporate bean counter. Uh, I mean, look at what happened to Fred Myers. Look at what happened to Walmart. Uh, they again, they hire all local people and local people work there, but they have constantly changed what they've sold. And now they, they like Fred's. Does Fred's even sell? In fact, Jimmy just said Fred's. Since guess what, Fred's do not sell. So Fred's doesn't even sell guns anymore. 
And uh, same thing going on at Walmart and everything else. So, look, I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying that I prefer to spend my money in smaller companies who will not bow into the pressure of things that we've seen, uh, you know, from from, uh, you know, wokeness, I guess, is, you know, virtue signaling that we're going to stop selling whatever uh, for that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, it uh, it's 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 uh, it, it's not again about and being anti-box store. It's more about being pro-local ownership. And apparently, there's a new uh, gun shop in in uh, Homer as well. It's called uh, Bay Welding Custom Gun Shop in Homer. It's the newest of the locals, says Bill. So welcome to the uh, welcome to the party, pal, for Bay Welding Custom Gun Shop in Homer. I guess I'll have to stop by and see him next time I'm down there in my adopted hometown. All right, my friends, we are up against the break. We got more coming up. Hour two is dead ahead. Willie Waffle's going to be finishing up the show with us. We got a few more stories, and I'm going to tell you about some of the other gun fu movies that I love that you may have never heard of. And of course, phone lines are open as well at 907-433-3150. Uh, The Michael Duke Show continues, Hour 2, Dead Ahead. Um, so Gary, I hope I answered your question or your comment, Gary, talking about how Lowe's and Home Depot and Sportsman's and everything else, how they, they, they hire locals. They're just the same as people in Frontier. The employees might be the same. I mean, it might be the same employees, but, uh, it's the leadership, the management, the decision-making that's. That's what I'm paying for when I buy a gun from, you know, Frontier Outfitters or Alaska Guns and Ammo versus buying it from, you know, Sportsman's Warehouse or somebody like that. It's just that's what I'm paying for is the locality of it for sure. Um, All right. Uh, Let's see. One line on hold right now. Um, Let's... uh, Mm, let's see. I'm going to get this caller's name and number, or name and number, name and location, and we'll uh, get them ready for the return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is uh, Jeremy on the KPB. All right. Hold down there, Jeremy at Kasilov. We'll be right back to you here in just a hot second. All right. Don't go anywhere. All right. So Jeremy is uh, on the line. We're going to be back to him. He's going to be first up in the queue when we return to the radio here in just a hot minute. Um, what was the name of the gun shop that had a TV show in Anchorage? That is, uh, was that Western Guns? Alaska Western Guns. Um, what was the name of that? I only saw a couple episodes of that and I just, I'm not a reality TV guy, but I found it amusing that it was in Alaska and it was about guns. Was it Wild West Guns? Wild West Guns Anchorage. Is that right? Yep, it was Wild West Guns in Anchorage. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, th- there you go. Um, Wild West Guns. 
Listen to the Senate Education on Bill Pushback Against Critical Race Theory tomorrow today at 9 a.m. I thought that happened yesterday, but apparently it's going on. Um, <laughs> um, why was... Uh, why was uh, why was it uh, why was it canceled? Why is I never heard about it? Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, it was very good. Quite honestly, I mean, I don't find much reality TV very very compelling or interesting. But uh, yeah, I, the the one episode that I think I watched or the one and a half episodes was enough to convince me that. Uh, I didn't need to really spit waste my time any more on that. So, um, and they had some they had some is issues. They had some issues later on. It did have four seasons. Let me see. Wild West Alaska is an American reality television series filmed in Anchorage. Uh, seasons one started in 2013 all the way up to 2016, and then they. Uh, and then they then they got shut down partially because if I remember correctly, wasn't there um, the evidence of anal uh, call of the wildman uh, Alaska? Um, I think that was that it right there. Wild West Alaska star facing seventeen criminal charges. Uh, illegally killing a black bear, blah, 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 blah. There were some other things going on. Yeah. Um, so there was some, there were some charges that were going on, uh, apparently, uh, about that as well. So animal, despite the charges, animal planet premiered the second season of wild West Alaska is scheduled and aired it through its last month. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what we'll see. We'll see what's going on. All right. Um, okay. Uh, let me get back into my list of movies here. My list of movies. Um, what is the one that I was thinking? Oh, Collateral. I talked about the Collateral with you. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, I got, I, I remember now a couple of them. Um, how do we watch on the CRT? Uh, you just go to, uh, it's 9 a.m. this morning in, uh, Senate, uh, education committee. You can just go to KTOO.com and watch it there or gavel to gavel. Just Google Alaska gavel to gavel and you can watch it there, Sandy, as well. Uh, except Northern Exposure was the best representation of Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Northern Exposure, man, that show. Filmed in Snoqualmie, Washington, by the way, outside of Seattle. Um, ironic. No, ironic. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Top, I suppose we should talk about this rare breed thing as well. And um, I didn't get to my poll yet. I want to talk about this poll because I find it fascinating. Uh, all right. So we got a lot. We got a lot to do. A lot to cover here in the next forty minutes. Excuse me, man. I went to bed early last night too, and I'm still like, ugh. ugh. Just be thankful I'm not eating my 
I've got half an apple strudel on this plate that I was trying to eat before the show, but I'm not going to share it with you, so I don't want to show it to you. All right, you guys ready to do this? Let's uh, let's let's get going on the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two, dead ahead. Jeremy's in the in the queue. Let's do it. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Broadcasting live around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the internet. One of our features of uh, Firearms Friday, of course, is the gun Q&A open line where we talk with people from around the state about a variety of firearms issues, and we've opened up the phone lines today at 907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in lines powered by our friends at Satellite West. And we've already got a caller for hour two. Jeremy is down in Kasilov, and he's going to sound off this morning, and we'll get his hot take on something. Good morning, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Michael Dukes and everybody out there listening. Um. You know, the first thing we need the uh, firearm for, or maybe not necessarily a firearm, you know, Berna makes these uh, pretty kick-butt pepper ball pistols, and they are CO2-operated, so it's not classified as a uh, firearm. Okay. And two... Um, there's also, you remember, uh, Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea, right? Right. I mean, this nation was literally conquered with an air gun. Yeah. So you don't really need a firearm so much as you do just something for hunting and self-defense. And they do make, uh... These uh, big caliber air guns that you just pump them up with your air compressor and then you can go shoot a moose with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean that their uh, definition of a firearm back then was a 
foot pump. And so that you would literally have guys pumping guns full of air so that they could, uh, you know, defend themselves or their forts. You know, you pump it, you pump it, you pump it. Uh, I mean, this isn't a BB gun or, I mean, they're not toys. I mean, these are grown men guns. Right, right. But they're not firearms, so you you can uh, just, you know, buy whatever you need. I mean, they're all over the Internet. Yeah. You you don't need to have a, a license or anything like that to sell them or get them. You don't need the permission of the federal government. And three, you know, like if I was to own a firearm, Michael Duke, um, I'd probably just buy it off Tradio <laughs> or something like that. And I wouldn't even go through a gun dealer at all. I'd say, sure. okay, here's a three, four, five hundred bucks. Uh, okay, thanks for the gun. Yeah. later no the, the right? yeah no i i agree uh and i think it, you you make an interesting point the uh the Ghiradoni air rifle uh which was the, one of the first semi-automatic repeating air rifles was taken on the lewis and clark expedition um it was lethal out yep. to 125 to 150 yards uh, and it was one That's of the, right. it was one of the first of its kind. It, it is an amazing piece of, uh, of, uh, history and, uh, yeah, air rifles can do some amazing things. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. They hunt big game in Africa with those things. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate it, Jeremy. I mean, uh, Thanks for uh, th- thanks for calling in this morning. I appreciate you uh, sounding off this morning uh, on that. Uh, and yeah, that Ghiradoni air rifle all the way back to the Lewis and Clark expedition. Uh, they used it all the time. The Ghiradoni, by the way, known for uh, again a uh, a pretty uh, pretty amazing rate of fire, uh, no smoke from the propellants, and low muzzle report, meaning they were quiet. And, uh, it used, uh, of course the one downside is, is that the canister that they used to power it, it took 1500 strokes on a hand pump to fill the reservoir, but you could get about 30 shots out of that. So as long as you were willing to uh, pump the pump, so to speak, you could get it done. Um, all right, let's go over to the uh, phones again. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Bonnie? How did you know that? Well, because you never say who you are until I pry it out of you and I recognize your voice. Bonnie from North Pole, what's on your mind okay. this morning? I like the movies. Well, it's a series, very old series. So I can tell me, tell my age. It's called The Rifleman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Rifleman. Yep. That's a that's an oldie mm-hmm. but a goodie. That's an old television series. Um, that, uh, that aired, uh, I mean, that was like the whole, uh, gun smoke riflemen. There was a whole series of those, uh, around that time period that dealt with the West and cowboys and everything else. Right. Yes. <laughs> I watch a lot of those and I like the old movies. Like there's a movie called Shane. 
Oh, yeah. Shane. It's with Alan, Alan Ladd. Yep. Yeah. Shane, True Grit, uh, Rooster Cogburn. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of older good movies like that uh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and James Arness mm-hmm. as, uh, as a maverick, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, my other co- my other comment. Can I make another comment? Yes, you may. Okay. <laughs> I always like the you know the governors, all these people that say gun control. Well, here they are. They're be they're being guarded with guns. You know. Mm-hmm. It it makes no sense. Isn't it the irony of that? It makes no sense at all. Yeah. No, it's the Michael Bloombergs of the world who are just bound to determine that the average everyman can't have guns, yet he spends several hundred thousand dollars a year hiring bodyguards to be around him with guns. Um, there's some irony in that for sure, Bonnie. I, I 100% agree. Thank you for your call, and thanks for calling in this morning. Um, Bonnie was just talking about the riflemen, and uh, that's in part because today one of the kind of the fun things uh, that I wanted to talk about as far as guns today, because it's Firearms Friday, was uh, you know movies, your favorite gun movies. And it could just be gun movies uh, or gun foo. Uh, I'm a, it'd be huge. I'm personally a huge fan of uh, gun foo, um, which is the choreography of the gun and gun battles. Um, let me tell you about a movie that you probably, well, maybe you've heard of, but many of you have probably never heard of it. Um, and it is one of my favorite. It's definitely in probably the top three of my all-time favorite gun foo movies. Uh, and that would be uh, a movie by John Woo, who he's he's made several movies that are on my gun foo list, including Face Off, which I think is pretty fantastic. Mission Impossible 2 is another John Woo movie that had some really great scenes. He's an amazing cinematographer. But one of the first movies that I ever saw that was a John Woo movie um, is a movie that is uh, was made in uh, was made in Hong Kong. And it's called Hard Boiled, um, and it's about a uh, it's about a a, a a cop in Hong Kong who uh, teams up with an undercover uh, an undercover uh, a cop or agent to shut down um, a crime a crime family a crime syndicate. And it was probably one of the first John Woo movies that I ever watched. It was made back in 1992. So, I mean, this thing is 30 years old. But it stars Chow Yun-Fat, who later, you know, went on to win fame in America for some of the other movies that he did, including Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and some other ones. But Chow Yun-Fat is... uh, is uh is really a great uh actor for these kind of movies. Uh so if you haven't seen Hard Boiled yet, that is a, a great movie for action. Also The Replacement Killers stars Chow Yun-Fat as well uh as Mira Servino. Um and that's another gun fu movie, but Hard Boiled is like one of the original, 1992. John Woo is one of the progenitors to the whole kind of gun fu thing. So if you enjoy that kind of stylistic, you know, kind of John Wick kind of gunplay and everything else, uh, uh Hard Boiled with Chow Yun Fat. Uh I don't even know if it's available. Where I don't even know if you can watch it uh right now. I've got it on disc. Uh I've had it for years. Because uh, I immediately watched it and then bought it. I was like, oof, man, I want to watch that one again. Um, but uh, yeah, a Hard Boiled, 1992, John Woo, Chow Yun-Fat. 
Um, let's go over here to the phones to see what else we got going on. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I hate to monopolize it, Mike. This is Ron from North Pole. Oh, but, you're good. Uh, Hour two. Your previous caller brought up something something from my youth that I thought was extremely humorous. Okay. Have you ever considered what a lanky fellow Chuck Connors was? Yeah, he was skinny as a rail, wasn't he? <laughs> that guy. And, and hey, he had exceptionally long arms. And uh, one of the toy manufacturers, when I was a youngster, came out with a replica of McCain's rifle. And, of course... Uh, I had to try the uh, full spin with it, and, and you, uh, you realize your arms are not I didn't nearly. Break my collar, but yeah, you realize. It's a wonder I didn't break the collarbone. You realize your arm is not nearly <laughs> not, long enough, right? Exactly. Uh, but uh, on some more serious matters, the uh, the issue you brought up about the Arizona schools uh, over uh, probably the past ten years or so, so many schools throughout the country have instituted educational programs in uh, finance, checkbook management, credit card, and that sort of thing. And I don't see a great deal of difference between that and uh, firearms education. Well, I mean, if they want to do that, they want to do the lifestyle stuff, they want to do sex ed, they want to do, I mean, if they should do all that, then guns are a big part of American life. Whether you personally have them or not, you're bound to you know, come across them at some point, especially you know, living in rural areas or living in rural states, more rural states. And, uh, you know, like uh, Mark said earlier, calling from Delta, you know, people come over to your house, kids who are from families that are maybe not pro-gun, maybe they're anti-gun, or maybe they're somewhere in the middle. Having that education would go a long way to, uh, you know, to protecting these kids. Well, and I, and uh, on another uh, uh, matter that came up earlier, uh, the uh, issue of uh, big box and mom and pop uh, that cuts both ways in many many circumstances. Okay, I can remember back in the day when uh, we had pretty much uh, Dick McIntyre to deal with, and if you didn't like what he what he had or didn't like his prices, that was just too bad. Well, there, there is true. I mean, I'm I'm not dis, I'm not debating that. I mean, there is obviously in competition. There's always you know the customer usually benefits when there's any kind of competition because it forces you know it forces the price and it forces the selection up, forces the price down, and does things like that. And and I agree. I'm not again. This is not an anti box store rant or or anything else. It, it's just my way of saying that when I make a decision to buy something, usually. I'm going to give the money to the company that basically is the most responsive at the local level. And let's face it, a lot of the mom and pops have, have had to become more niche and responsive to the local thing because they can't match the price of, and the purchasing power of a lot of these larger box stores. And uh, in keeping with what you said earlier, uh, I was in uh, one of the big box sporting goods stores, I won't use their name, but their initials are Sportsman's Warehouse, uh, and ran into an old friend of mine who right. uh, is retired, but works a couple of days a week uh, at the warehouse. And uh, anyway, uh, he told me that because of the current uh, component shortage that uh, the employees can no longer uh, purchase any powder or primers from the store. Oh wow! You're banned if you work there. You're banned from buying anything. Good lord. Well, 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 yeah. Just, just uh, 
reloading components, and I thought that was kind of interesting and certainly speaks to the issue of corporate decisions. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree with that. I think that that's, uh, that's some pretty crazy stuff. All right, Ron, well, thank you for calling in again. Okay. Don't, I'll cut you loose. Don't, uh, don't, ever, don't ever be afraid to call in again. Jason on YouTube just said, by the way, Hard Boiled is free to watch on YouTube right now. So if you're looking to watch that movie, like I said, 1992, it's probably on none of your other streaming services, but you could go watch it. It's free to watch on YouTube right now. And I recommend watching it with the subtitles because it's a Hong Kong movie. It's, it's, it's Chinese. Um, but a great, great movie, hard-boiled on YouTube right now. Um, I've got another line on hold, but I am up against the break. So call or hold the line. I'll be right back to you. We will be, uh, we'll be, we'll be talking with you in just a hot second. Folks, we got more coming up. One final segment. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got a bunch of other movies that I want to talk about that I hadn't got a chance to talk about yet. So we're going to get into that. Uh, some of the more modern day movies. John Wick, of course, is up at the top of the list on that. Definitely not bad. Um, and we'll talk about that and more. Plus, take your phone calls. 433-3150. The Pivotel call in line. Willie Waffle coming up at the end of the show as well. Back with more. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thing and radio. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Okay, back in uh, back in action here, uh, ready to go. Uh, no, air guns have come a long way. I mean, again, even the Ghirardoni was like the the. I mean, that was a a game changer back in the day. That thing was written. That thing was written. Thing was developed in in seventeen seventy nine is when the Ghirardoni air rifle was uh, was first developed, uh, and it was actually in military service for uh, a lot of years. Um, it, uh, it, it really was, oh man, so cool. So cool. Uh, but modern day air rifles are even, I mean, they are even cooler, even better. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of that you can get like, like he said, big bore air rifles now to shoot big game. Um, and, uh, you can order them right through the mail. Um, uh, no smoke, very little report. There's a, you could shoot arrows out of them. I didn't know that. Uh, you could shoot arrows out of them. I had no idea. Well, <laughs> super cool, man. Super cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, okay. Um, um, something of a savior of the world said something like, uh, uh, get, get, get a sword. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a line in scripture that says something like, uh, uh, get a sword. If you do not have a sword, sell your cloak and buy a sword, something like that. Um, you know, basically saying you have to, you know, protect yourself. But again, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword as well. So you're, you're right. Uh, uh, what was the rifle the rifleman used? Um, I think it was a Winchester, um, uh, uh, what kind of gun did the rifleman have? Uh, uh, it was an 1892 Winchester caliber 4440. 
with a standard 40-inch barrel. It was an 1892 Winchester. Um, so that's what they, um, that's what they said. Um, but what was ironic was it was a historical anachronism as the show was set in 1881 and he was using a rifleman, um, and he was using a rifle that wasn't developed until 1892. That's funny. That is funny. It appeared with two different types of levers. The backwards round D style was used in the early episodes. Sometimes the rifle McCain uses has a saddle ring. The lever style later changed to a flatter level instead of the large loop without the saddle ring. Um, anyway, interesting, uh, interesting uh, gun, that's for sure. The Rifleman. Man, it's been a long time since I've... Uh, I've only seen a few episodes of it uh, because it wasn't something that played when I was growing up uh, and we didn't really have access to it. Uh, five seasons. Five seasons with over 150 episodes. Uh, 1958 to 1963. So, uh, anyway, uh, you can go out and check that out. Um... Starring Mucus McCain and his son Puke. What? <laughs> wow, somebody's a little uh, somebody's a little savage out there today on YouTube. Um, Lucas McCain, Civil War veteran, da 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 da, uh, and his son. I don't know what was the son name. I can't remember. Um. Anyway, looking forward to. Uh, Maybe I'll have to track that down and watch some of those old episodes. Sometimes you can't go back. Oh, it's on it's on Amazon Prime. Nice, thank you, Twelfth Man. I appreciate that. I'll have to put that on my list of things to go uh, to go watch. Um, check out the Henry Axe. Um, oh no, it wasn't a Henry. It was an eighteen ninety two Winchester. But uh, there you go. Uh, all right, 30 seconds out, one final segment before we run out of daylight and have to jump into it with Willie. Uh, folks, like and share this video, like and follow the show page. Thanks for coming out and sharing your morning with me this morning. My favorite, my favorite uh, weekly episode is Firearms Friday. We get the fewest viewers on that day, but it doesn't really matter. It's not for them, it's for me. This is my therapy session. So here we go. Uh, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Do it. Okay, welcome back to the program. Uh, somebody just mentioned we were talking about the Rifleman, the show, the Rifleman, uh, and I was making uh, uh, I was making a comment that I uh, I hadn't seen but one or two episodes of that in my whole life, and I was going to have to track it down so I could watch some of them. And uh, one of our viewers on YouTube uh, made the mention that said uh, uh, that it's on Amazon Prime Video. You can watch the Rifleman on Amazon Prime Video. So nice. I, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us out there. Okay, we are uh, in the final segment. I had one line on hold, but they did not hold on. So we're gonna, we'll are gonna we have the phone lines open right now as well. So I guess I should run through because we've only got about 10, 12 minutes here before uh, 
Uh, we're going to take the break and go talk with Willie Waffle. So let's talk about some of my favorite um, gun movies. Uh, I just mentioned Hard Boiled, which is also available on YouTube, apparently, to go watch. You know, some of the some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, honorable mentions, I guess I should say, would be like the uh, spaghetti westerns. You know, anything with Clint Eastwood is is always good. I always love that for sure. Um, there are some fun movies with guns that are not really. Um, well, I don't know. Um, Wanted is one of them. That's James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie. That's eh, okay, you know. Thing. Um, but some of the really good ones would include, um, like Sicario. Uh, Sicario. I don't know if you've uh, if you've watched that at all. That is uh, an amazing uh, movie. That is, uh, uh, you know, full of the the you know real to life. Really, one of the latest ones was uh, the 2020 movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, called Extraction. And we've talked about this on the show a couple times with Willie. Um, Extraction is the uh, um, is a is a movie about a, a mercenary who basically is enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of a crime lord. And uh, it is also an amazing, an amazing movie. Any movie that's written by Robert Rodriguez, also pretty, uh, pretty good, whether that's El Mariachi or Desperado or some of those other ones, definitely at the top of my list. Uh, Boondock Saints, another one that's probably at the top of my list uh, as well. Uh, one of the ones that is kind of a true to life story about the. Um, uh, about that bank heist in L.A. back in the day with Val Kilmer and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino is Heat. And that shows basically, again, it's another Michael Mann movie. Michael Mann makes some amazingly, um, uh, makes some amazingly uh, realistic, I guess I should say, uh, uh, movies like that. He made a movie called Band of the Red Hand, uh, that or Band of the Hand, I'm sorry, Band of the Hand. And that is also another um, uh, another great movie, probably unsung movie uh, that you haven't seen yet. Um, there, but there are a few directors out there that I just you know I'll go watch them because that's how good they are. You know, uh, Chad Stileski, the uh, the John Wick guy, Michael Mann, John Woo, um, and even Quentin Tarantino. Um, you know, Reservoir Dogs, Django Unchained. There are some really, really good movies as far as gunplay goes in that. And I know somebody out there is probably rolling their eyes and be like, well, you're glorifying. But it's, you know, it's it's theater, right? It's just it's just storytelling. But it's definitely some interesting things uh, out there as well. Um, I will say that one of my favorite um Again, unsung movies on that is probably uh, Luc Besson, uh, the French director, with uh, Jean Reno, and it's called the Lyon. It's called the Professional. If you haven't watched that, that is amazing. That's available on HBO Max. I saw that the other day when I was scrolling through HBO Max. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Um, what are some of the other ones that uh, just kind of jumped right out at me? Uh, oh, another newer one, if you haven't seen it yet, is called Polar, and that stars Mads Mikkelsen. Um, uh, 
And uh, that is a pretty uh, amazing uh, movie right now. It's on Netflix. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't watched that one, uh, definitely good. Uh, what else? We're, again, we're talking specifically about movies that have a lot of uh, kind of gun, have a lot of kind of gun stuff. And I mentioned Bulletproof Monk. I also mentioned um, Replacement Killers. Again, Chow Yun Fat uh, and um, Clive Owen. Shoot him up. That's also a good one. I mean, these are all, you know, again, some are more true to life, kind of more real live action. Some of them are kind of just fun movies that are shoot 'em ups. Um, but, uh, oh, and one that I, that probably a lot of people don't think about, probably don't think about, but should be thought about Quigley Down Under. That's a great gun movie. That's a great gun movie with his big sharps buffalo rifle and, uh, and the cowboys and the sh- I mean that is a great great movie uh Quigley Down Under if you haven't watched that in a long time go watch it again it's a super fun all right let's go back over to the phones over here good morning who's this where are you calling from hello all right they didn't hold let's go over here good morning who's this where are you calling from yeah this is Ray at North Pole hey Ray what's up yeah you forgot to mention Gunsmoke well, you know, somebody else, I was talking about movies mostly, but somebody mentioned The Rifleman. Gunsmoke is always, is also another good, uh, you know, classic, uh, classic movie or classic uh, series out there that features guns. I like one that features kind of more of a focus on the firearms, but yeah, Gunsmoke is a good one. There's nothing wrong with that for sure. That Quigley is often awesome. Yeah, Quigley is really, I mean, that really, and I love the fact that he's, so focused on the uh, on the rifle and everything else, but then it shows at the end that he doesn't mind a short pistol either. So good stuff. All right, right. right. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go over here. Uh, another call before we uh, go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Jeff from Homer. Talk about your favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, this one's got guns in it, but it takes you way back to the trapping days, and that's old Jeremiah Johnson. With Robert Redford in it, that was a good movie. In, uh, but I uh, think the good, bad, and the ugly—that fits all of us. <laughs> the good, bad, and the ugly again. Yep, pretty- yep. The good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Some of the Sierra, Salone, uh, you know, Sergio Salone, uh, uh the spaghetti westerns. Uh, you know, the the yep. the fistful of dollars and a few dollars more. Uh, there's definitely some good ones in there for that, for sure. I agree, a hundred percent. All good. Then uh, I was on Alaska Dawn years ago, and I wondered why we didn't see uh, 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 oh the one with Clint Eastwood in it. There, you know, he says, you make my day, punk. And, right, and, uh, right, dirty. I hadn't seen it in years, and I found it on the boat, and I watched it, and I said. Well, I can see why they don't put it on because it's pretty racist. Oh yeah, no, some, <laughs> some of the things they say there. Yeah, some of the older movies so, definitely a little rougher. That's definitely a thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Those are all good movies. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you uh, sounding off uh, on that as well, um, Jeff. Uh, Jeff uh, on the line there. I had one more that I was just going to throw out there that I just it just flashed in my mind. And I was like, oh, I wanted to. Oh, it's gone. I don't. I can't remember what I, I was just going to, I would, whatever Jeff just said really sparked it for me. And I was like, oh yeah, I should, uh, I should remember that. Um, 
and uh, and now I can't and now I can't remember it. Doggone it! It was a good one too. That's what happens, I guess, when you reach the end of your tether. And like I knew, I knew I had. Yeah. Anyway, lots of good movies out there. Lots of good movies out there. Full Metal Jacket. Yep. Pale Rider. Uh, definitely. Lords of War. Lots of good gun movies out there for sure. Uh, all right, folks. Out of time. We got more coming up. Willie Waffles up next. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Uh, SEAL Team, the unit. Um, SEAL Team is is pretty good. They're pretty accurate with a lot of the things that they're doing there. I've been watching SEAL Team lately. Um, whenever I, whenever my wife's doing something else or, uh, not up to watching something, that, that's my kind of my own, that's my lone watching, uh, is a SEAL Team. I'm into season two of that right now. Um, loving that. Um, what was it that Jeff was talking about? My brain, man. I just, I had it and then it, I lost it. It was, a, a, I was like, oh, this would be a good one to mention. Uh, one of my favorites. And I can't remember what it was. Um, he, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's gone. It's gone now, but. Yeah, you 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 would uh, definitely uh, some of those movies that we've mentioned today. All of these movies are good movies. I would watch every one of these. We should have like a uh, uh, we should have like a uh, uh, a a uh, marathon, a gun you know a, a gun movie marathon where you'd have to watch you know all the John Wicks, Extraction, uh, Collateral. Um, yeah, I mean, I could have a whole, I could have nothing but a weekend of gun foo movies, hard boiled. Oh, that's such a fun movie. Such a fun movie. All right. Um, we've got another call, which I guess we'll take during the break. Um, uh, because we've got Willie Waffle coming up here in a minute. Let's go over to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Dean from Delta. Hello. On your movies, man, uh, Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. Oh, Unforgiven, absolutely. Again, that's a great. That's a great one. You're you're 100. I totally forgotten about that one. Uh, definitely unfor- nope. Unforgiven. Yep. Not a problem. Thank you. Great, hey, thank- great show, by the way. Oh, hey, thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Yeah, Unforgiven, definitely another good one uh, for sure. Um. The Equalizer, that was another good one. That was another, the Denzel Washington. Uh, Man on Fire, speaking of Denzel, another great gun movie is Man on Fire. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, Denzel Washington, I think it's Dakota Fanning, right? Uh, I think it's Dakota Fanning as the little girl. He's the bodyguard that's got to protect the little girl. Predator, oh man, that's what I missed. Yeah, because that's like that's the first time you ever see the Red Dawn. Thank you, Herman. That's the one I was thinking of. 
uh, when Jeff was talking is that the original Red Dawn, you want to talk about a good gun movie, Red Dawn, definitely. It wasn't always the most accurate with its portrayal of guns, but you definitely saw, uh, you know, you definitely saw some stuff there. I want to now I want to watch that again. It's been a long time since I've seen the original Red Dawn. The remake is not bad either. The remake is actually pretty good. Um, but you know, there's nothing as visceral as that first, that first Red Dawn movie was just like, wow, wow. And it was Russians. It wasn't the second one. Didn't they make them, did they make them, were they South Koreans or were they North Koreans or something or Chinese? I can't remember in the second one, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, I definitely like that. Uh, definitely like that for sure. Red Dawn, Red Dawn. Wasn't a huge fan of the Rambo movies. I mean, I watched them all, don't get me wrong. But um I don't know. I just they just never they just never did anything for me. Uh 13 hours, definitely another good one. Um But yeah, Red Dawn. Thank you, Herman, for throwing that out there. That was the one that was tickling the back of my mind that I was like, oh, I gotta mention that one because that was like one of the first gun movies that really fascinated me as far as you know the potential for what could go on and everything else um definitely some good ones um in a real red diamond sportsman's warehouse would get raided yeah absolutely here's a good list of all the best gun fu movies of all time off imdb uh that i used as kind of a cheat sheet this morning i added some that are aren't uh on there but there's some uh, there's some good stories uh as well Sly Stallone hates the Rambo movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, then he does the Expendables movies, which are funny, but I mean, they're not, again, they're definitely not true to life, but they're, uh, they're fun to watch for sure. If you've ever seen the Expendables movies, they're definitely fun to watch. And we mentioned none of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, right? I mean, Commando, Erasure, you know, the, the sixth day, all those other, I mean, all Terminator, you know, but, uh, good combat movies. Um, all right. Uh, we're coming up. We're about 30 seconds out right now. Do me a favor, like and share this show, like, and follow the show page and, um, uh, and, uh, uh, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. How about that? We'll, we'll get her done. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's make things happen here. Phone lines ringing coming up out of the break. Uh, it is the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based, Free thinking radio, share the show. Let's get done. Well, how are you? <laughs> oh, you ready? It's Friday, man. I'm, I'm so I'm already done. I've got a whole day's worth of work to do, and I'm already like ready for the weekend already. How does that work? All right. Well, let's bring in the man who is. Uh, he likes the nightlife. He likes to boogie. It is Willie Waffle. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm getting ready to disco now. That's right. That's right. You gotta, you gotta make it happen. Um, all right. So we got entertainment news and streams today. Let's uh, kick things off with the entertainment news. Um, 
I guess you got a couple stories about the Oscars. I keep telling you that I don't care about the Oscars, but there are people out there that do. I understand. So, uh, well, and, where do you want to start? These are some. These are some interesting stories, okay? Like these, these are, are human these interest, stories right? you could be interested in, even if you hate the Oscars. Okay, all right, all right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Hit me with it. What do we got? Beyonce, Beyonce. is going to be the queen bee at the Oscars, baby. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, so, she's like the biggest thing in the world, right? So I mean, it, you know, even I know who Beyonce is, and I'm a square totally. So. All right. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and as you know, they perform the uh, the, the songs nominated for best song, uh, you know, in a movie. And she has one. She did one for the King Richard movie. And uh, she has been in negotiations all week with how they're going to do this. And the rumor is, and I just love this. The rumor is Beyonce would open the show. Oh, no, 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 no. Not on the stage down at the uh, down at the theater. No in the tennis courts at Compton where Venus and Serena Williams learned how to play tennis. Right. Okay. So again, just so the other square people out there, I had to actually look this up. Um, King Richard is a movie about uh, uh, Venus and Serena Williams father who taught them how to play tennis. It's a biopic, it's a biopic, right? Um, yes. And yeah, it's all about, you know, his his very unconventional methods, uh, the way that he kind of took on the tennis establishment, the way that he was the one person who truly believed in those two girls every step of the way. God love them. Right. And uh, and, and he was played by Will Smith in the movie. Will Smith uh, right now the front runner for best actor on Sunday night. And and now this is the part of the rumor that I love. And, and God, I hope they do it right. So there's a thought that Will Smith would be at the tennis courts for the opening song. And then we would follow his journey through Los Angeles in his race to get to the Oscars in time for the best actor award to be given out. Talk about manufactured drama. All right. Well, (laughs) reality TV, the producer saying you got to make it more real. Um, Anyway. uh, Okay. Well, you know, good. You know, that'll make, they're trying every, they're pulling out all the stops to get the numbers up. I can tell you that right now for nothing. So, all right. Oh, and they desperately need it. I mean, yeah. you know, last year, of course, was the record lowest Oscars ever. And and, and everyone's going to try to say that was an aberration. You know, it was because of COVID and all the weird things that were happening. But they weren't going in the right direction before COVID either. <laughs> right. No, and there's a whole generation like me who are like, okay, Oscars, Golden Globes, great. I don't really care when it's all said and done. But that's okay. Uh, another interesting story, though, is apparently they, have they got cancel culture going on over at the Oscars? I guess the the one of the stars of uh, West Side Story, which is was really kind of gotten the Oscar nod early, uh, apparently didn't even get an invite. Yeah, this is this has been another story that's developing all week long. Not so much cancel culture, but um rude culture overlooked culture the culture of the stars and she ain't one yet so rachel zegler the star of west side story she played maria you know was very well heralded for it i mean she's really fantastic in the movie and uh she was she was asked on instagram by one of her fans what are you gonna wear to the ceremony on sunday and she said i'm gonna be wearing sweatpants on my boyfriend's flannel shirt because i didn't get invited so this was an uproar. I mean, come on, West Side Story, one of the nominees for Best Picture. She's one of the stars of the movie. They couldn't find a ticket for her, and it looked like her only hope would be 
well, let's face it. She's a young, beautiful starlet in Hollywood, so Leonardo DiCaprio would probably take her to the show. <laughs> but just, okay. just yesterday, the Oscars announced she's going to give out one of the awards, and therefore she now has a ticket. Okay, great. Yeah. Somebody back there went, oh, man, we left somebody off the guest list. Okay. All right. You know. Uh, okay, good. All right. So we got that out of the way. Let's get to the really important news. I mean, this is the stuff that people just can't wait to hear. And I'm so excited we're going to be breaking this story here. Maury Povich is retiring. That's right. Who are we going to find out? How are we going to find out? Who is the father? Right. Who is Seriously. who is Maury Povich's father? That's what we really want. Yeah. Maury Povich's father is actually a very famous no, uh, writer, yeah, uh, no, sports I, writer. I know. I, um, just, I was but, laughing because yeah, so, I, I didn't even know that Maury Povich was still alive. I'll be honest with you. I thought he was already <laughs> dead. But apparently he's been going strong 31 years on the air. I mean, man, what a what a workhorse. Oh, yeah. And, and what an amazing career. You know, for people who don't know, uh, as much about Maury, I mean, you know, he was a serious journalist for a long time. He was an anchor in pretty much every big city uh, during his life, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and, and you know, married Connie Chung. They fell in love when they were working together, and then he was the first host of A Current Affair, right. the, the, the show that started tabloid television. And then, you know, he got the Maury Povich show, which used to be a serious talk show. Until people realized being a serious talk show didn't make money. So it became all about who's lying, who's cheating, and who's the daddy. Right. Oh, man. I remember some of those shows too. And I remember him as a, I remember seeing some of his newscasts as a journalist. I remember watching, you know, seeing an episode or two of A Current Affair. And that was, like you said, that was the genesis of this tabloid media kind of thing. And then it just kind of degenerated into this whole, you know, he's my baby daddy show. And wow. Uh, but again, somebody's got bills to pay. You know, Connie's not working anymore. I don't think they need the money, quite honestly. But hey, there you go. Uh, 83 years old. He's 83. Yeah. That shocks me. And and here's the thing, too. You know, they've done so many of these Maury Povich episodes that, that his distributor thinks they can just keep airing them for a few more years, kind of like Judge Judy. Sure. I mean, Judge Judy hasn't made a new Judge Judy in like two or three years. They just keep rolling out the old ones, and they're so timeless that people keep watching them. Yeah. And they think they're going to do the same thing with Maury Povich. Hey, there you go. Syndication. That's the that's the gold ring, right, when you're all done is syndication. So, um, all right. Well, uh, good for him. Good for him. Um, I'll tell you this next one. My wife is super uh, excited about it. She loves the uh, Adams family from the '90s. Uh, the uh, you know the Raul Julia and Angel and Angelica Houston, and of course Christina Ricci as Wednesday. The Adams family, Wednesday Adams, the child, um, and that kind of made her famous. And apparently, she's coming back to the universe, but not to the role. Yeah, so so Netflix has teamed up with Tim Burton, yes, that Tim Burton, to to bring a new uh, a new Adams Family show to Netflix, and it's all, it's going to be called Wednesday, and it's all about Wednesday Adams and and her adventures as now a young lady at, at a at a like boarding school, a college, something like that, where she's solving supernatural mysteries. 
And uh, and and the it was it was announced that Christina Ricci, who is the ultimate Wednesday Adams, will be appearing in the show, but not as herself, not or you know not as Wednesday Adams. So you know whatever role she's going to take, some sort of maybe some sort of mentor or some sort of teacher at the school, something like that. Uh, but she is going to be part of it, and then that just kind of brings the whole family together, doesn't it? Kind of full circle. I got to say, the last thing I saw Christina Ricci in was The Matrix uh, Resurrections, and she played this manic uh, marketing gal at the software company, and it was just hysterical to watch. Um, she is really uh, she's she's really funny, and she's got some good stuff going on. I'm excited for her, and my wife is kind of excited about it as well. So crime and supernatural stuff and the Adams family thrown in, she's all about that. Well, and, you know, one of the fun things about the story is that, uh, you know, the, the, the whole series is going to revolve around some mystery involving Gomez and, and Morticia. <laughs> okay all right well, well we'll see i'm 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 down with it we'll see what it's on i'm sure terry will love it you'll when is that supposed to be coming out they have not they haven't announced a date yet um if if i was to guess uh, doesn't this sound like something netflix would deliver to us around halloween time i would think that that would make sense uh i'm all about that so yeah let's yeah uh, let's let's look forward to that all right we got about four and a half minutes here uh so let's jump into the streams uh which one do you want to do first the video game or the rom-com let's do the video game because there's not as much to say about it you know I remember when halo when they first decided they were going to try to make a movie out of halo mm-hmm. and, and and I don't know if you remember but it was it was like 2005. And Microsoft thought they had the hottest movie property ever, and they were going to be in control of the production, and they were going to team up with some studio, and and to get the studios interested, they dressed up somebody like Master Chief, and they they took them down to each studio, and they handed them the script, and they said, you have two hours to read this, and then you will hand it back to Master Chief, and you will make a, you will make your decision, and it bombed. <laughs> and they've been trying to develop this movie for years and now it's going to be a it's a, it's going to be a series on Paramount Plus you know it just premiered this week and yes it is all about Master Chief he's a cybernetically enhanced super soldier he's defending humanity against aliens and he's found something that's changed him nice it's awakened him I, uh, they did some, somebody did like a little mini thing, uh, for Halo here about 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago. And it was okay. It was a fun little sci-fi romp in that Halo universe, which I played back in the day. My kids have all played and everything else. So I think you'll have a bit of a built-in fan base for this. Um, I'm just hoping that it, uh, you know, it, it, it takes off on its own. So you've seen the episode or... Yeah, you know, there's going to be like, uh, I think, nine episodes. And, uh, you know, it just, it seemed kind of blah. You know, it just, it just seemed like we've been there and we've done that before. Oh, he's going to realize the super soldier is going to realize he's been somehow brainwashed for all these years and he's going to fight back against his captors. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get like a huge action scene every once in a while and then a whole lot of just brooding and sitting around and, being angry <laughs> exposition dump brooding action rinse and repeat um yeah okay well uh i'll wait for it all to be out there because i hate that once a week thing anyway it just pisses me off so uh that's fine negative one to four waffles on halo on paramount plus i'm going one waffle i just oh. i i 
I like Pablo Schreiber as an actor. I truly hope they give him more to do because he can elevate the show. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the new Sandra Bullock, Daniel Radcliffe, Channing Tatum, The Lost City. Here's time to just be goofy. And and you know what? That's what this movie is. That's what this movie should be. That's what this movie makes you happy it is, okay? So it it is it is just basically a goofball comedy. It's in theaters only. Sandra Bullock, this adventure novel writer, she gets kidnapped by an eccentric billionaire played by Daniel Radcliffe. And this billionaire thinks she can lead him to this this ancient city that she's talked about in her latest book. And the guy who poses for all the covers of her books, Channing Tatum, who's a little dim, decides he thinks he can save the day. So he hires a jungle survival specialist and they head down to try to save Sandra Bullock. Channing Tatum is the Fabio of this uh, of this. He really is. Um, I saw a couple trailers for this this last week, and I I got to tell you, I laughed out loud when I watched a couple of the trailers. It looks like it's going to be just fun. How does it do overall? I think it's fun. I think it's hilarious. I mean, you know, you, you, Channing Tatum plays dumb better than anybody else on the planet. He is hilarious. He just has that great delivery, such a very deadpan delivery. Sandra Bullock, she's been one of the queens of Goofy for years. Uh, you know, you put the two of them together, it is gold. And and then Rad, Daniel Radcliffe shows a whole other side to him that you haven't seen before. You know, anybody who thinks he's just, you know, Harry Potter is in for a surprise. And then... The jungle survival specialist. I mean, it's no secret. You've seen him in the commercials. It's Brad Pitt. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Negative one to four waffles quickly here. I'll go three waffles. I think it's hilarious. All right. The Lost City in theaters this weekend. Willie Waffle. We didn't get to 1883, but uh, we'll chat about that here in just a second. Uh, we'll recap next week. Thanks for coming in and joining us, folks. We are out of time. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. All right, uh, quick pickup on uh, Willie for 1883. He did tell me that he watched a single episode. Uh, so Single and a half. All right, single and a half. Based on that in-depth look at a nine or ten episode <laughs> miniseries, what do you think so far? Okay, first thing is I will never, ever, ever mess with, with Tim McGraw. <laughs> ever in my life after watching the first episode and a half yeah his character just likes to kill people yeah I, you know <laughs> i think you find out later that he doesn't necessarily just likes to kill people he just really wants to make sure his family is safe i mean i think that's the whole drive behind this whole thing um just fascinating i know you saw a couple of the the uh the surprise uh cameos and everything else there's some amazing stuff going on just in the first episode and a half well, you know, and and, and I, I I think that you kind of pointed me in the right direction when you said, "Listen, like this this is this is kind of the unvarnished look of what the life was like back in 1883." These guys are heading out on the Oregon Trail. The, the, half of them, maybe even more than half of them, aren't going to make it. Right. And as the as you watch the show, 
you realize why they're not going to make it and what a horrible, horrible life this was. Yeah, no, but still better than the lives of many of these wagon uh, travelers uh, from the old world coming over from Europe and everything. I mean, it's really shocking. I mean, it is shocking and it is eye opening. But at the end, the whole story is so wrapped. I mean, you are just you're enthralled the whole time you're watching this thing. Well, and, and come on, let's I don't think we're giving anything away when we talk about the biggest cameo. The biggest cameo. I literally had to text Dukes when this happened. I'm sitting here watching episode two, and a very distinguished older actor comes walking on playing a Union soldier, and I'm like, is that Tom Hanks? <laughs> and as know. he starts to talk, I'm like, damn, that is Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even know it was coming. I didn't know about it, and so I was like, holy cow. And uh, that is probably one of the most powerful scenes in the first half of the uh in the first half of the series. It's amazing. I mean, it's just, the whole thing is just, you know, just shut up and take my money, make another one right now. It's, <laughs> you right. know. Well, they are making another one, so yeah. that's happening. Yeah, they're they're moving on with this from what I understand. And, of course, the uh, next season of the regular Yellowstone is also out. So after you finish this, man, now you got to go to Yellowstone and watch that, too. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's an amazing show. I can't wait till you got them all under your belt. So that'll be sometime in, like, September or something. Um, oh, it's going to take me a little while. Yeah. I, I, I'm a weakling when it comes to the binging. I, I can do two, three episodes max, and then I just, I just, I got, I got to take a break. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we see how you are. We know how it is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, good stuff. So we'll get a more in-depth interview on this maybe next week after you've watched another half an episode at least. Uh, so you've got two full episodes under your belt. I'm going to try. <laughs> See, I was, you looking, know, I was looking for that commitment, and I just, I, I, I was, if I was just well, quiet, you know, he wouldn't say anything, but, you know. You know, I, I told you, you know, Picard's out, and, and, and I got to keep up with it, because the spoilers just keep coming at me. Yeah. Like, the, the, this this fourth episode, man, like, you know, it comes out on Thursdays. I usually like to watch it on Saturday, and by Thursday afternoon yesterday, man, I, I just would get spoiler after spoiler on the internet. I'm like, I gotta watch it now! Okay. Alright, I see you got priorities, and I respect that. I respect that. Willie Waffle, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on board. Hey, I will be back next week. What are we talking about next week? Remind me. Well, you know, uh, that, that new, uh, the new uh, Morbius with uh, Jared Leto finally oh, comes out next week. Oh, yeah, the new Marvel flick with a really unknown yep. superhero, kind of an anti-hero. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well, so you'll have to tell us what that looks like. All right, my friend, thanks for coming on board. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Folks are out of time. we got to go. I got to go. I got to get this work done. If I get this work done early today, I might leave early. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 